0: Pastor Henry, back at you again this Sabbath morning. I'm, I'm happy to be here because it is another time, it is that time to talk about Jesus. There's nothing better in this world to talk about than Jesus. But before we get to Jesus and the Word and how we're going to learn about Him today, let me just tell you about what we've been doing for the last two weeks now. is our community connection. Every Saturday at 10 in the morning, we get together, have a little FaceTime, connect and interact, which is really important in this season of pandemic. So I'm calling you and I'm challenging you to please join us every Sabbath morning. Let us see your face. We want to see your smile. We want to know what is going on with you. We love you here at JCC. Now, as you know, we are in a series called Beyond Livestream, The Dynamics of a Distanced Church i chose this concept because this is where we are in the stream of time we are on live stream you are seeing me from your homes you are not seeing me physically that's where we are so we have this dynamic of a distanced church but what i love about church is that church never changes in spite of the distance. So I've been trying to help us as a community, as a church body, to realize that the distance does not change the fact that we are a body. And that is what we emphasized in the first sermon about two weeks ago. Last week, we said it is important that in spite of the church being distanced, it needs to be in touch. That is, we need to create touch uh, today, I want to bring you the third and final installation of this short mini-series called Be- Beyond Livestream, The Dynamics of a Distanced Church. Uh, I've chosen as the passage of meditation, contemplation, and reflection this morning, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to read verse number 7 and take us down to about verse number 12, Ephesians Chapter 4, verse number 7 to verse number 12. I might be inspired to read a little bit more. That's okay. Uh, It it depends on how I'm feeling it. Uh, But verse 7 says, But to each one of us, that is you and me, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. God measured us and he gave us a gift. Therefore, he says, listen to this carefully. Verse number eight. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one, Jesus, who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. In the Jewish mindset, uh, there were three levels to heavens. And Jesus, when he ascended, he went to the highest of of, of heavens. That's simply saying he received the highest place of honor. Verse 11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, uh, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, that's me, And teachers, that's me as well, and some of you. I want to go to verse number 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Hmm. I'm going to spend a little time there later on. To a perfect man. Hmm. Perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things Into him who is the head, Christ. Allow me to impress your mind this morning with the concept living in 3G. Living in 3G. I just want to ask those who are here with me to just say living in 3G. 3G. Living in 3G. Let us pray. Mighty Father, speak now. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the dynamics that the church has had to embrace is live streaming or online church. COVID-19 has changed the game. We worship online. We meet online. We visit online. (laughs) Some of us date online. A brother told me that he, he, he even watched a movie on Zoom with his girlfriend. That is the dynamic in which we're in at this particular moment. Now, typically, we judge attendance or we judge the the success of a program based upon attendance. Uh, People will ask, how many attended the game? How many attended church? How many attended the presentation? Because attendance is a reflection of progress or is a reflection of a success. But because of the dynamic of a distance church, we no longer judge success or, or progress based upon attendance, but we, we, we are judging it based upon views. How many people actually view online? In fact, social media experts treat views like Musan King, those of you who love Durian out there. Uh, Durian is, uh, I mean, views are like that fruit durian you know i still have to get used to that fruit you know what i mean but that's how some people treat views in fact uh the rock Dwayne johnson was able to reach two million views and that is great success but i have news for you this morning that i came across based upon my study is that views may not be a clear indication of success who is to say that those who viewed you or saw your program or what you're trying to do, whether it is IG Live or your Facebook Live or whatever it is that you're doing online, who is to say that the views that you got were a reflection of engagement? In other words, who is to say that every one of those person who clicked on actually stayed on until the end? Who is to say that every one of those person who clicked on was actually inspired and impressed by by the the program or the live stream that you're doing and so experts are saying that views may not really be a clear indication of success or progress in fact one expert in church trends made this fantastic observation that slapped me across the face and i like saying this because when i'm speaking with everyone sometimes when he tells me something deep i like man this has really slapped me on the face it is basically to say man this has really hit me hard So here is something that slapped me across the face and it goes something like this. Engagement is the new church attendance. Wait a minute. Engagement is the new church attendance. And and I was thinking about what Kerry Newhoff was saying when he made this statement, because he was trying to help us to understand that it is important for us to see that engagement is more important than attendance, because those who are engaged actually benefit. And if we really think about it carefully, and please follow my argumentation, is that Jesus never said, view me. Jesus never said, watch me. Jesus never said, click on me. Jesus said, follow me. Jesus never said, attend me. Jesus said, follow me. In other words, to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Jesus has its fundamental understanding is that I am engaged in a person. I am engaged in this individual. I am moved by this person who gave everything for me. And therefore, the fact that I go to church, the fact that I serve is because Jesus has engaged me. Jesus has put me from a place that I was never going to be, but he elevated me. And so in essence, the fact that you call yourself a Christian, you are saying, I am engaged. And he kept saying this, and I, I really want to read this out to you. He, he says, uh, look at this, uh, Kerry Newhoff making this observation. Uh, he says, the only reason you'd follow Jesus in his day is that you were either intrigued by who he was, mm, or what he did, or because you had come to believe that he was who he said he was. You you, you could not be a, 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 a standby. You could not simply look at Jesus and not engage with Jesus because all the people that never engaged Jesus they eventually fell off but Jesus had to ask the disciples if you remember in John chapter 6 he said, are you going to go away also? Because sometimes we have engaged in God because we think that God will provide our needs. He will take care of our physical wants, our material wishes. And when those things are not happening, then we say, God, I'm not so interested in this program. And therefore, our engagement becomes simply... Uh, an interest we're no longer invested in who he is because he's not providing what we think he should provide so the gospel is really a call to be engaged god is saying to you god is saying to me are you willing to leave behind your life and fully invest in me And follow my program and do my will that no matter what, no matter what comes, no matter what circumstances there may be, no matter if there's a pandemic or there's COVID-19, if we're to put it that way, you will not lose me. You will not leave me because you are engaged in me, not because of what I give you, but because of what I have done for you. Somebody say amen. Not because of what I give you. But because of what you have given uh, to me, what I want to do in this sermon is to lay a runway so that we can take off from the from the ground of of attendance and views so that we can start to fly in the atmosphere, in the atmosphere of engagement. I want to lay down to you three G's and that's why I call this this message Living in 3G. I'm sorry that I've had to bring us back. I might sound a little bit technologically uh uh, illiterate right now i might sound like i'm trying to bring us back because we're in 5g right now but allow me to impress your mind that god is calling you and me to live our experience in 3g pastor what is 3g i'm talking about grace i'm talking about gifts and i'm talking about growth let's begin with grace for a second paul makes it very clear in verse number seven When he says, but each one of us, each one of us, that is you and me, was given grace according to the measure of Christ Jesus. According to the measure of Christ's gift. The reality is, sin starved you and me. The reality is, sin put us in a very bad situation. It took everything, literally everything from us. And Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit decided to reveal to us a plan of action to get us out of our situation. God put in play his own son, Jesus, and asked him to step down from heaven and to climb on the cross and to die for your sins and mine. I'm telling you what you already know, but I want you to understand that that is what we call common grace. It has been given to each and every one of us, any person. It doesn't matter their race. It doesn't matter their creed. It doesn't matter their color. But each person has been offered common grace. And if you haven't accepted Jesus yet today, you can accept the offer that Jesus has uh, given to you and I. Today you can say, Jesus, I love you and I want to live for you. And let me tell you like this, just because you are in church, it doesn't mean you are living under grace. Just because you do things of God does not necessarily mean you're living under grace. To live under grace is to accept for yourself, to clearly understand, Jesus died for me and only me. Not he didn't die for my mom, he didn't die for my, he died for me. I'm talking about a personalized, a customized experience that he died for me and you accept that for yourself. Uh, BPJS is is a common grace that the Indonesian government offers to all citizens. Any citizen who is in who is indonesian not not me but any citizen who is indonesian can acquire can utilize the common grace we call bpjs because that is what the government is giving to everybody because grace is really god's way of saying to you and i i love you it is really god's way of saying i want to make you alive it is really god's way of saying i want to take away your deadness and put you in a place where you are alive and so when you have experienced the grace of god guess what happens happens that is pride gives away to humility hate gives away to love sin gives away to righteousness things that you never liked before you start to like them again things that you never thought were good for you they start to become good for you and that is what God is able to do by utilizing common grace You see, let me tell you the truth of the matter. When you're living the Christian life, you need to be changing your diet of certain things and i'm not talking about food you need to be changing your diet of from from less pride to more humility from from hate to more love from more corporate from more uh, 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 let me put it this way from being an individual to somebody who wants to interact and engage there has to be a change in you because what really happens when you've experienced grace the grace of god is that god has really has really transformed you and really change you from within, you're no longer a dead person, you are a living person, and that is what God is able to do when he utilizes common grace. Yes, common grace moves a person from death to life, and today if you say, I want to accept Jesus Christ, I want to live for him, today you truly can experience the common grace of God, but here's something beautiful that happens. Yes, there is the common grace of God for everybody. But when you have accepted the common grace of God, what God is able to do is to give you customized grace. Now, this is what Paul is talking about in the text. He is saying that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of Jesus dying on the cross, I'm going somewhere, right? I'm laying down a foundation for you. We're going to fly somewhere. Please stay, stay with me and hang with me. What Paul is saying in this text is that because we have accepted Jesus, Jesus now customizes grace for you and I. Pastor, what are you talking about? This customized grace, look at what I look at this statement. You see, customized grace is a special gift Christ gives from his abundant supply of common grace. This is the situation, yes. BPJS is for everybody in Indonesia but it becomes customized grace when you decide to sign up for this program and utilize it for your medical needs that is the only time that it becomes customized grace and therefore bpjs is no longer an Indonesian thing it is your personal thing that you can utilize and that is what happens when we have accepted the common grace of God God is able to say okay this person loves me they've accepted me now I need to give them some Something that is going to make them unique in their expression of this common grace. I'm going somewhere. Notice what Paul says. I became a minister according to the gift of grace given to me by the effective working of his power. So customized grace is God's gift for you. So that you can express yourself in your common grace and that is why i express my customized grace every sabbath through the preached word That is my customized grace. That is why I teach the word. That is why I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor because God has given me this customized grace. I never dreamed that one day I will stand in front of people and tell them about Jesus. But Jesus, I love Jesus. He envisioned it for my life. He saw that this young man should stand and tell people about Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that God has a special plan for you as well. He has a customized grace for you. He has given you a special talent and a special gift that you can utilize to express the common grace that God has given to you to let others know that Jesus is real to let others know that Jesus loves them too to let others know that if they change their life and give their life over to Jesus Jesus can also change them as well that this world does not only become the only world that they see that this world is only a springboard to the world that is to come And you and I need to embrace our customized grace. You have a gift. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why you like to write poetry. And the, the, the reason why you like to take those Bible verses and put them to song. Because that is your customized grace. There is a reason why, Frankie, you like to work with technology so that you can help Pastor Henry express his customized grace. There is a reason why you have a heart to serve because God has put in you the, the 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 ability the capability to be able to do something for him. And that's why I'm emphasizing this for you to understand that when you have been saved, you have been saved to serve. That God doesn't just want to save you And enjoy the benefits of his grace without you growing in that grace. Because customized grace allows you to be able to grow in that grace. It allows you to be able to experience the things that God is trying to be able to do for you. It really, to me, it showcases that you and Jesus have a relationship. I don't have to post on Instagram or on Facebook that... that I love Jesus. That's not God's plan for me. God says you need to stand and declare the word of God. That is how God is, is helping me to showcase my relationship with Jesus. For you, it is something different. Maybe God is calling you to write a book. Maybe God is calling you to sing a song. Maybe God is calling you to, to open a prayer group. Maybe God is calling you to start a prison ministry. Maybe God is calling you to start a mother's group. Maybe God is calling you to start a father's group. I don't know what it is, but when you express your customized grace, what it is showing is, I and Jesus, we are good. I and Jesus, we are tight. And I want to do my best to represent him because he has given me so much grace. Notice what the text says to each one of us. We have been given a measure of Christ's gift. There's been a measure. I remember back in 2017, this is exactly a week before I, I came to Indonesia to start uh, my work here. Uh, I'm in Malaysia to with, with a buddy of mine. He's, he's, he's a brother of mine. And, and, and I went to attend his wedding. But before I could attend the wedding, I was asked to to measure myself so that I could get I could get the, the suit for the wedding. Now, what he said is this: He said, "Look, uh, you just give me the measurements, and I'm gonna take care of the, the 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 suit." So I went to a tailor back home in Malawi. I got measured and everything. You know what I mean? And I sent my measurements. My customized measurements to my brother. Now, when I got to Malaysia, we are there about to 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 we are there for the for the week of the wedding. He brings out these suits, man. And what struck me was this: all of us, my brothers there, you can see on the screen, all of us, we had the same looking suit. The same looking suit, same color, same cut. But when I tried my suit, it fitted. It fitted me. When I I tried Moses' suit, it couldn't fit. When I tried Chief's suit, it couldn't fit. Uh, Moses' suit was a little too tight for me. Chief's suit was a little too, too long for me, especially the pants. It's only when I utilized my own suit that I was comfortable and I was able to move freely and to be myself. What I'm trying to help you to understand is that God's customized grace is just for you. There is no need for you to be, to be, to be sad or to be envious about what you do not have. Because God has cut a special grace for you. And it's when you decide to fit that suit, to fit that customized grace, that you're going to be able to freely express yourself and do the mission that God has called you to do. So customized grace only suits you and this is important especially when we think about the church and we think about this season of 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 pandemic is that each one of us has a specific grace that we need to express in order for the church to survive and i will never move away from this because it's only when you and i accept who we are it's only when you and i accept the customization that god has made for you and me that the church is able to breathe that the church is able to move that the church is able to bloom and be what it is supposed to be and so i'm here to challenge you and i'm here to call you wear your suit wear your dress be in your customized outfit and express the grace that god has given to you so we talked about grace we're talking about living in 3g so we know that we must live in in grace but you see what i love about grace is that grace really emphasizes the gifts that god has given to you and i you see a crocodile is ferocious it is it is quick especially when it is in the water because that is its ecosystem a lion can swim but it is not comfortable in water its ecosystem <laughs> is on land a leopard is comfortable hunting on land but its ecosystem is up a tree that's because each one of these animals has a specific gifting has a specific quality that can only function in a particular ecosystem And that's what I want you and I to understand that our customized grace, which is really our gift, is really equipped and it is really customized for a specific, a specific ecosystem. That is, you must be willing to express it in a specific way. Perhaps you are good with the kids. uh, Concentrate on the kids. Perhaps you are good in telling Bible stories. Concentrate in telling Bible stories. Perhaps you are good in listening to people. (laughs) Concentrate on listening to people. Perhaps you are good in in planning and and seeing in the future. Guess what? That's what you need to do and put that effort there. Express it in that customized way. Because I love this. Jesus Christ gave you and I specific gifts. And that's why Paul is is there to say, in verse number 11 he says he himself gave some to be apostles he gave some to be prophets he gave some evangelists and some pastors and teachers that's why jesus divided up the gifts because he wants you and me to understand that we have a specific situation now now there's something that i, I need you to, to realize about uh, the gifts before i make this particular point notice it begins with apostles prophets and evangelists. Uh, these are itinerant gifts. Apostles like Paul and John, apostles like Peter, they went around the known world then. They they went to Antioch and they went to Ephesus and Corinth and Galatia, Cappadocia, Macedonia, Italy and, and Rome and, and and they went out and, and people like Thomas, they went to India because they were apostles. They were sent by God for a specific mission to plant the church prophets were those people who were given a specific word from God to deliver a message about God and to to tell them about God and by the way prophets do not only preach about the future we need to get that out of our heads most of the times in the bible prophets were talking about the times in which the people were living to help them understand the word of God a little bit better And then you have evangelists. These are traveling preachers that bring the word of God out and tell others, about the love of Jesus. So these are what I call itinerant gifts. They are itinerant customized graces. They go out and they plant churches. They, they they do evangelism and they spread the love of Jesus. But the last two, pastors and teachers, these are what we call sedentary settled gifts because they stay in the place in which the church has been planted to ensure that those who have been planted remain fixed and focused on Jesus. And therefore they, they, they focus on that particular situation. Uh, to ensure that the, the plant does not die. But it grows up to what it's supposed to be. And so they work hard. And so I want you to understand what, how it is supposed to function. When we talk about uh, expressing our customized graces. It is this. That the work is both outward and inward. And that is we cannot be comfortable. As a church, sitting and enjoying a a, a sermon every Sabbath, you cannot be comfortable coming here, listening to the Word of God, and simply sit and wait for the next sermon to come. No. It means that when you've been fed, you need to go feed. It means that when you've gotten, you need to go out and give. And so the church is only healthy when it has a special dynamic of an outward approach and an inward approach. And that's why I love being right here at JCC because when we talk about our mission, who we are, it is about reaching people for Jesus. It is about telling them about what he can do for them. And when we bring them in here, we are saying we have a place here for you. So I'm not sure where your capabilities and your gifts are i'm not sure how you can truly engage i'm not sure where you whether you should be going on the outside or whether you should be focusing on the inside but whatever it is you must be somewhere Perhaps you tell me, Pastor, I'm interested in doing Bible studies. Perhaps you tell me, Pastor, I want to go with you. I want to learn how to preach. I want to learn how to do this. And I want to learn how to do that. Pastor, I'm interested in in helping those who are discouraged. I want to listen to people, pray for them. Whatever it is, let me know. We can work it out. Because what we need to do is to engage not only where we are, but we need to engage out there as well. It's about in here. And it is also about out there. So here, Paul makes a very fundamental point because he really wants to drive the point home of why God, Jesus, had given us these gifts. Why we must live with the with the with the G of gifts. Why we must express ourselves uh, in, in in our customized way. This is what Jesus Paul says. And notice he says for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry and for the edifying. of, of the body of Christ. And so I want you to pay attention to three statements. That Paul is making in this particular text. So Paul says for the equipping of the saints for ministry. Uh, this word talks about something that has been broken. That needs to be fixed again. And Lord knows that some of us here have been broken. Mm-hmm. We've been broken. But. When you have accepted Jesus. What what, what happens is. you You are being equipped. Now now. I talked about apostles and prophets and, 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 and teachers and pastors. These gifts, they're intended to equip to help people be fixed up. These people, people who are broken, people who don't feel like they have a future, people who are stuck in their past. It will help them to be, to be fixed. And I know that some of you have listened to sermons from this pulpit for years. When when you came here, you, you heard a pastor stand up and there have been many pastors here. Stand up and, and tell about the love of Jesus. You felt like, man, I am being revived. That is what was happening for you in the sense of being equipped. You are being fixed up and God is telling you, you are not beyond saving. God is telling you, I have a plan for you. God is telling you your history. Whatever it looks like, that's not going to define your story. I'm here to rewrite your story. And so that is what the church exists to equip you. And if you're broken, if you need help, whatever it is, let us know. We're here to serve you because I love this. You see, and this is what happens. You see, when you're now equipped by the love of jesus when you're not being been fixed by the love of jesus this is what happens it makes you passionate to serve it makes you willing to say you know what i'm fixed up i'm ready to go i'm ready to serve i'm ready to do for jesus what he cannot what i'm ready to do for jesus what jesus cannot do for himself right now because last time i checked i noticed that jesus is is in heaven and so we need people who have passion. Your passions. Uh, you, 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 that fire that you have, that has been lit by the love of Jesus. Know what he has done for you. That That is what you need to bring to the table. So you need to be equipped. Be ready. Notice what Paul says, for the work of ministry. Yeah, I love this because it tells me one thing. That ministry is an obligation. It is not an option. Now, now, right here is where I want to speak to you straight. That ministry is not just for a select few. Ministry is for everybody in the church because everybody is equipped for the work of the ministry. So that means that you and I need to be partners in faith. That means that you and I, we need to be collaborating and working together because ministry is simply to serve. It is simply to put yourself out there for God. You may not be so qualified. You may not have a degree behind your name. But the qualification that you have is that you believe in Jesus. The qualification is, I have accepted common grace and I have customized grace. That is a qualification. Therefore, I'm going to engage in ministry because I have an obligation to God. Obligation is, I need to do for God. And therefore, you need to ask your question. Are you really doing your obligation? Are you really doing the work of the ministry? Now, now, ministry is simply means to serve. The question is, s- the, the point is, service is never about you. Service is about what you can give to others. Service is, I love Jesus so much that I'm willing to do what he tells me to do. And notice that when we go to a place, good, when we go to a place, most of the things that, let's let you go to a hotel, you know what is most important in a hotel? for you when you stay at a hotel is you're going to think about the quality of service when you ask when somebody asks you hey how was the four seasons hotel or 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 whatever other hotel you may go to uh, they are really asking you what was the service and typically (laughs) typically we go back to the places that served us the best and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I go back to the restaurants or places that serve me the best. And I typically look for the same people that have served me the best. Because when you have been properly served, you feel good. You've been lifted up. And so we need to think that we are like hotels, that we are like a service agent for God to serve him. So that when people get in contact and in touch with us, they're like, may it? Those people, they made me feel good. I want to come back. And that's what God has envisioned for the church. And I love what this one scholar put it. He says, our healthiest people are not those who are in groups. They are those who serve. We're in a generation where it's all about care groups and you attend this group for Bible study. You you, you go to that group to learn this and that. That's good. But sometimes we, we go to groups because we are being served. We are being fed. I'm all about small groups. I'm all about getting together. But we need to realize that getting together is to make sure that we are better equipped so that we can do the work of the ministry, that we can serve, that we can do our part. And that's what we need to realize that that's what God has called us to. And that's what God wants you and me uh, to be. Uh, let me talk about for the edifying of the body of christ you see this word to edify it means to build up it means to build up that 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 is you 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 take stones and you you take sand and you take cement and you bring it together you you, you build up that is you take ingredients in in, uh, in the kitchen you take your 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 onions and you take your garlic and your tomatoes and you take your vegetables you cut them up uh, and then you take your spices and 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 maybe it's water or coconut milk whatever it is you're building up you know what I mean you're building up uh, a a, a meal so here I want you to understand that, that the 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 reason why you have a gift the reason why God has given you a customized grace so you can build up and here is the thing is that building up building up is not a once and for all kind of situation Building up is a situation that must continually go on because the church is a living dynamic. And that's what I want you to understand that engagement is something that never ends. You don't say, okay, I serve today. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to rest. I don't want to do this anymore. I've given my time. It's never like that. It's I'm going to continue serving God. I'm going to do my part. I'm making sure that the body is being built up and is being edified. You see, one of the things that, uh, when you're when you're when you're training at the track when i i I was talking to people who really train hard especially let's say they're doing like 400 meter uh rounds that is okay i'm gonna do eight 400 meter rounds at at the track what they do is this they they they're given a specific time to meet so the coach might say to them i want you to go around one time in a minute and 30 seconds So they'll they'll run one time a minute and thirty seconds, and then the coach will probably give them about maybe thirty to forty seconds for them to rest. But after they have rested, they need to get back and continue running until they have finished the set that has been given to them by the coach. Yes, when we serve God, sometimes we'll do a lot of rounds. We will serve for a specific period of time, you know. Maybe it'll be two years or three years or four years or five years, but then we may need some time to rest. But just like a runner on the track needs to rest for a little while but continue running, you and I need to rest, yes, but we need to get back on the track and continue running. Because we understand that this customized grace, we understand that the the work of engagement, the work of being connected, the work of doing the ministry is a lifetime thing. Because you understand that I'm living the life of a Christian in 3G. I am living a life of a Christian engaged. Uh, Let me bring us to the last G. So we've talked about grace, common grace, customized grace. Uh, We've talked about gifts. that. We're able to express ourselves in a unique way. I want to talk about growth because grace, gifts, the main objective is growth. Uh, Now, you see, when economists talk about growth, uh, they talk about GDP. When businesses talk about growth, uh, they talk about profits. When uh, sports teams talk about growth, they think about attendance you know uh, growth is numerical it, it is it is it is, it is counted you know and we focus on the numbers how many this and this and I think that that's important and that is good but I came across a book this week as I was studying and a book written by Pat Flynn called Superfans in this book I hope you get a chance to read it he makes a an interesting observation that I started to think about when I was really thinking about this word this morning, he says, you really do not need 2 million followers. You really do not need uh, a, a thou- 100,000 followers to be a successful business. He's saying, you need to tap into the power of a few, but those who are really engaged and that are really committed to your product. So he suggests that what you really need is if you can have a 1,000 super fans That is, these are people that really believe in your product so much that whenever you put out a product, they're the first to buy it, even if they don't need it. So he says, if you can have these a thousand super fans, these loyal, loyal, loyal people, that is going to expand you, that is going to grow you, that is going to take you to... Another, another level. And so I began to think about this. I said to myself, while growth may be calculated, it may be measured numerically. But there has to be something else uh, deeper than simply numbers. There has to be a deep passion for an organization. There has to be a deep passion for a church. There has to be a deep passion for a mission. That super fan, that person must really, really believe in what you are selling. And so I began to understand, and this is my own thought I'm, I'm throwing at you. True growth comes... From a deep-seated engagement with something. And that is why I began my statements this, this sermon by telling you: Jesus never said, attend me. Jesus never said, view me. He said, follow me. Because Jesus wanted them to develop a deep-seated connection, to, to develop a deep-seated love for him. That no matter what, no matter, no matter the storm no matter the challenge, no matter the difficulty, they would be willing to go. And that's what I'm calling you and me to to this morning. That we must have a deep love for God. We must have a deep love for Jesus. That we are so engaged with Him that when we interact in church, when we go out there, that we are oozing, we are oozing the love of Jesus. That we are super fans for Jesus. That we love Him so much that it doesn't matter who is there, but we're willing to promote him because that is what a super fan does if you speak to me about sports I'm going to mention the Golden State Warriors because I'm a super fan of the Golden State Warriors if I talk to you you're going to talk about the things that you're super fans of you're super fans of particular movies you're super fans of particular foods some of you love that durian and you will preach to me durian until the day that I die because you're a super fan And that's what we need because when you really love something, you're willing to go the distance and to talk about it. And so I love what Paul is saying in this particular text because being a super fan of Jesus is for a specific mission and for a specific purpose. That is this, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man or woman, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, when we really want to talk about growth, when we really talk, we want to talk about bringing people to the love of Jesus, is we want to bring them to a specific destination. Notice what Paul says, "Till we all come. That is, we need to arrive at a specific destination. And this is what the word is in the original language. That we need to come to a specific location, to a specific situation. Notice that when you travel from a place, like this morning I travel from an apartment to, to this place of live streaming. I had to leave my place and come to this place. I had to go out. And so when we talk about growth, when we talk about using our customized grace, when we talk about the gifts that God has given us is we want to bring people from a specific destination to another destination. Mm, mm, mm. we want to help people move from where they have been stuck to somewhere where they need to go. We need to help them move from a place of weakness to a place of strength. And that strength and that place where they need to go is not a particular career. It is not a particular promotion. It is really to Jesus Christ. It is really to know who he is, to understand who he is, to believe in him more fully, to be more mature and more settled. And so that is what we need to understand and realize this morning. That when we express our customized grace, is that I am really interested in making sure that me and this person, we love Jesus. We know him. Me and this person, we are mature. We are perfect. Me and this person, we have reached the fullness of Christ. God has a high standard for you. He's not interested in you being at a low level. He wants you to rise up. No, God sees you like he saw Daniel, a young boy sent away to a, uh, to a foreign land. He doesn't know the language. He must learn new tricks. He must learn new, new things. But God is able to elevate him and he becomes second in command to the king. God sees you like Joseph, sold into slavery, going into a foreign land, being, being going through difficulties and challenges, but God seeing you, elevating yourself to being the prime minister of Egypt. God sees you being this person called Moses that can help liberate people. Yes, you may not be able to speak as you should. Maybe you might stutter, whatever it is. But God has an errand for you to help you, to elevate you, so that you can rise up to the level that God has called you. God wants you to really embrace the fullness of Christ. He wants Christ to be all up in you, to be all up in your mind, to be all up in your heart, that you are really a Jesus super fan. And that's what God is calling you and I this morning. And that is this, engagement should help people to reach the destination called Jesus Christ. And I'm hoping that through this ministry, through this preached word, that you are moving more and more and more to who Jesus is. And brother and sister, I'm here to declare to you this morning that you are the only, the only channel that is going to be a blessing. It is only going to, you are the only road that somebody can travel from one location to another location called Jesus Christ. You're the only person who can bring the love of Jesus to somebody. You're the only person who can pray, I can't go, nobody else can go, but you are the person because God has given you grace. God has given you a customized grace, and that's what you need to embrace so that you can truly engage, not only engage with God, but engage with those around you. And so I'm here to to, to put it to you like how Paul put it. He said, every joint supplies. Every joint supplies according to the effective working but which every part does its share. That is you. That is me. We are in a great assembly line, right? I, I provide the sermons and you provide the clicking and the sharing on IG, on Facebook. You get what I'm saying? Uh, you, 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 you provide the the, 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 you, you, you provide the, the, the food. And that food is able to provide for somebody else who, don't have, who doesn't have. Uh, your effort is truly a blessing to somebody else. And each one of us is able to provide what we're supposed to provide so that each one of us may grow up. We may be at the level we need to be. I will never grow if I don't have you in my life. You'll never grow if I don't have you in your life. We're here to be growth factors in each other's lives. We are... The growth hormone that is needed in, in in the body of Christ to help each other elevate to the level God is calling us to, and so I'm here to tell you that engagement is really about living in 3G. That God has called you and me to live a life that is based upon His grace, that is expressed upon your gift, and that leads others to grow. And that is what being a church is all about. And this dynamic will never change. And I don't know. God is telling you this morning I don't know how God has spoken to you but God has spoken to me that I need to engage God has told me that I need to live in 3g and I hope God is telling you that you need to live in 3g too perhaps you haven't really accepted the common grace of God and and because you haven't accepted common grace of God you're not able to express your customized grace perhaps today can be that day you say you know what Lord I now believe what God can do for me I really want to accept that and embrace that for myself so that I can truly I express my customized grace perhaps your gift has been dormant you haven't really been utilizing as you as you should today can be the day you say you know what i'm going to utilize the gift that god has given me and then perhaps you tell yourself you know what i'm not being a growth factor and i really want to be a growth factor today i want to start that or i want to grow more today can be that day you can live in 3g let us pray heavenly father thank you We want to live in 3G. Teach us and guide us how we can do that. We are not capable by ourselves, but with you, oh my goodness, we can achieve. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your care. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to see you next week for another exciting series. God bless you.